0: It's the weekend that LSU baseball fans have waited for for six years. Their first trip back to Omaha since 2017, trying to win it for the first time since 2009. Saints have wrapped up mini camp. The U.S. Open has a wild and wacky start in round number one. And it's Father's Day weekend. So, what could I possibly have to complain about? I will find something, I promise you, but it's mostly. Happy, happy, joy, joy here on the attitude Podcast, and it's coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of damnitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is. Or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my dad friends out there who are waiting for their day. A chance to watch golf all day long. And not have to hear once are you really gonna watch that crap all day long great day boys and girls coming up on Sunday another dad's day I don't take them for granted you never know how many you're gonna get I enjoy them all the same you know and you don't have to worry about it like you worry about your birthday it's another year older when you turns your birthday I guess unless your birthday is on Father's Day you know it's oh god I'm older How many years until I die? I mean, come on, let's don't lie. When you get to a certain age, that's what you start thinking. How many of these am I going to have? You don't think that on Father's Day. You just enjoy the love, the cards, the barbecue, I guess, for some of you, and golf for a lot of you. And again, you don't have to worry about, It's that what you're going to do all day long? Watch golf? It's a major they're all majors. Everything's important, right? You know what I'm talking about. This game, it's the NBA Finals. NBA Finals, every game's the Finals of the Playoffs. Playoffs. See, even my wife, she can't even do it. That was a really bad imitation of my wife, by the way. Speaking of by the ways, I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer. At the time speaking, the advocate at bed.nola.com. You pretty much know that if you've listened to this show at all. Because, you know, by now you did, for those of you that just happened to fall upon this show and who is this ass clown, if you're asking that question, I completely understand, but that's who I am. And this is Datitude, episode number 153. They let us make it through 153 episodes for a Friday, June the 16th, 2023. Um, Yeah, I, I am a huge fan of Father's Day. You know, I don't get to see my dad very often. He lives in Florida. And, um, you know, we just don't get to see each other very often. It is June the 16th, and the last time I saw him, he had an 80th birthday party last August. Um, It's tough. I mean, you know, one thing about this gig, and I'm not making any excuses because we all should go out of our ways to see our dads, Uh, especially, you know, you never know how long you're going to have your dad. You never know how long you're going to be here. Um, you know, I had a close friend that I worked with in this business uh, pass away last week, went to his funeral on Wednesday. It, and it hit me kind of hard. And, and you know, as I get older, I, I seem to have these things more often in my life. But, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, a good friend I worked with for, well, he worked at the Union for over forty years. I've worked at the Times Picayune for thirty-two years. This past week, and um, you know, we worked together closely for a little over a decade in the St. Tammany bureau. Robert Roden was a fantastic newspaper person. I mean, he was newspaper to the core. Man, he 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 was just born and raised to be a newspaper guy. And uh, passed away of a had a very rare lung infection. Had been in the hospital for. You know, for over uh, six months, I believe he's been sick for since November, but um, he finally succumbed to it. And you know, he was a former LSU baseball player, and from what I understand, just a couple days before he died, he was you know watching LSU play in the regionals and um, cheering him on. So I know he'll be cheering him on in Omaha. So, but these are the things you think about when you get when you get older. Um, you know, I've had several, several, and I say several, I mean more more than five uh, people that I would consider close friends pass away within the last eight years. Um, you know, most of them in their 50s, a uh, couple a little bit older than that. But, um, you know, it's it makes you appreciate things like Father's Day a little bit more. So I don't want to depress you. Uh, going into Father's Day because it's supposed to be a happy time. And this is a it's a it's a this is a great sports weekend coming up, man. You know, obviously LSU and Omar, and that's what we're gonna spend a lot of this show talking about today. Uh, Saints finishing up Minicamp. Not as much time on that because, you know, like I say, the the best news about the week of minicamp is no one got hurt. So no news is good news. Six weeks away now from training camp. Almost vacation time for this guy. Um, we have one more attitude for sure before I go on vacation next Friday, Jeff Duncan's going to be in the show and then trying to get Paul Maneri on the show, former LSU baseball coach. He said that he would do it, uh, when Omaha is done. So I go on vacation a week from Wednesday. So if we can find time to get him on the show before I leave, we're going to do that. Even if it's a special day, a weird day. So we'll try to uh, work that out before we go. But uh, I'm about to take a mini-break, mini-hiatus, I guess I should say, as I do every year at this time. Um, And then when we come back, it's going to be full full go, man. It's uh, over-under time for for teams and previews, and that's how our data two podcast for the latter half of July and into August are already pretty much settled on what they're going to be. And they're going to be division previews for the most part. I'll probably have a little segment on the Saints for each one, but for the most part, last year I did them separately, and uh, it worked out fine. It was great. Adam Adam Chernoff uh, last year. I don't think he's going to be able to do it this year. I meant to find someone else to do the over/under uh, shows. But we're going to do them. We're going to preview every team in the NFL, and we're going to do it by division. Uh, so, looking forward to it. As soon as I get back from vacation, uh, that's what I'll be working on. And so, uh, but data two will probably take about a about a three week break. Um, just need to get away and re- hit the reset button. Because once you come back in July, and, I, and I t- I've told you all this before, but for a sports writer, you take your little break whenever you can take it. And when you come back in early to mid-July, that's it. There's no more breaks. You go straight forward until almost Mardi Gras, man. I mean, really a Super Bowl. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's this year. I think Mardi Gras is during the Super Bowl. I think Mardi Gras is a little earlier this year. I think it's this year. I don't know for sure. But uh, I, think, uh, I think like Bacchus Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. I, I'm fairly certain. So it's either this year or next year coming up. But I think it's this, this next year. So that really makes things crazy. So again, once I come back, that's it. You know, they won't miss any more Dattitudes. Uh We'll be going strong and ready to go. Um, but so I got Doug Mouton on the show today and again, we talked mostly about LSU and then he gives his, uh, point of view of the saints. He's been out at, uh, camp all week long so he can give us his viewpoint. He's got a, it's an interesting one. It's a little different than the one I have. I think he, he has a particular position he's most worried about and mine's a little bit different on the same side of the ball. But, uh, his take is a little bit different than my take. It was an interesting conversation we had. And then after Doug's done, I'm bringing back a segment that I used to do with the black and gold today called The Extra Point. And what it is, is it's a look back in time. Uh, it's something historical, uh, and usually it's a sound clip. And, you know, when I was doing black and gold today, it was a video. So I could do video if I wanted to. But, you know, for this, for the purpose of this podcast, I'm not putting it on the live uh, video portion, so I'm just gonna do it on the audio. But it is a special moment uh in time of the whatever someday, however many years ago, this week. And the one I chose for this first one back is a special one. Not going to give it away just yet, but I'll give you a very good hint. It's something that happened one of the biggest moments in LSU baseball history. Since they're going to Omaha that was it was an easy choice. And I would think that about 85% of you know what I'm talking about. I mean, when you think about LSU baseball, if you're over the age of, I don't know, 45-ish, 40 to 45-ish, what do you think is the greatest moment in LSU baseball history? I mean, to me, there's only one. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could uh, – it's obviously an opinion, so you can debate and you can choose and whatever. But to me, there's only one, and it's a call of this particular play – by the great Jim Hawthorne, who retired, I don't know, how long has Chris Blair been there now? I don't know, six or seven years now? Something along those lines. And it's just an incredible call. And he goes on, you know, I'll talk about it more and set it up when we get there. But the extra point, and that is going to be a weekly thing, we're going to start that back up. Who knows, during football season I may do it uh, both on the Mondays and the Friday shows because we'll be going back to twice a week, uh, sometime in late August, early September. We go back, back twice a week um, and uh, review Saints games on Mondays, talk about what's coming up on Fridays, and uh, along with our best bets. All the same things that we did last year, except I'm cutting back from three shows to two. Three got a little bit much. But uh, anyway, looking forward to doing that, and then obviously uh, a little Father's Day farewell for our outro song today. Has anybody watched the U.S. Open? And, and, again, I know I joke about golf, but I love golf. And if you've listened to this show for any reason, reasonable amount of time, you know that. I, I don't think anyone could have predicted what happened on Thursday at the U.S. Open. I mean, you're talking about scores. Two players shot 800 par 62 at the U.S. Open. And if you go back in time, the NBC had this graphic yesterday. It was a little more than 66,000 rounds had been played, I don't know, in the last, I don't know, 30-plus, 40-plus year, however many rounds it was. Maybe, maybe back forever. I don't remember. But I know the number was over 66,000 rounds, and one player, one player had shot a 62 in the entire 66,000 rounds, and two people did it yesterday. They were lighting that course up, and no one expected it. So I'm interested. Again, they're playing as I speak right now, um, and I haven't been able to watch it, obviously, because I'm doing data too. But I'm interested to see if the scores are any different today, if they try to toughen up this course and what they're going to do for the weekend because you don't want a 20-under winning the U.S. Open. That ain't right. You don't even want 15-under. It's got to be a single-digit. To me, if it's, a single, if it's not a single-digit win in the U.S. Open, it's weird, man. It doesn't take anything away from the winner, but it's weird. So that's got, hopefully they can toughen it up some kind of way. Put pins in weird play. Hell, put pins in the, in the trap. I wonder if they ever thought about it. But let's put, let's put the 18th pin in the trap. Make them putt in the sand. That'll do it. I'm just kidding. Of course I don't mean that. But it would be pretty funny. Make them go to play the local putt-putt. I got to have putt-putt in uh, L.A., don't they? L.A. Country Club. See, that's what happens when you're playing at a venue you never played at before. You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, they could have got eight over leading or eight under, and they got eight under. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. You can think you know, as Jamori say, but you really don't know, and you never will. Uh, that's all another story. All right, well, just about time to get to Doug. I do want to, you know... I give my take on LSU and what I think is going to happen during our segment. Uh, Saints and Camp again, I give my take there. So there's really not much more for me to say except I want to ask you people if you have the same problem that I'm having. You know, I like to have – I feel like I can talk to you because you're my friends. I, I, I'm i getting really aggravated. It's like do you have like the this one fly that won't leave you alone? I mean, I talk about it. I know it's gonna be it's gonna be the theme of the day because I actually bring it up with with Doug. And if you were watching the show this morning, you probably saw me waving a few. I got this one fly in here. It's driving me insane, and I can't get rid of it. And it's like, I I don't know. It's some maybe it's somebody who passed away that's coming back to just piss me off for today. It's been around for like three days, and I can't get rid of it. I even brought in the little. I'm hoping this works. I tried this. I you got the little, we had the bug zapper in the backyard. I actually went and got that thing. So I've got it in here. If you hear a zap, um, little zap, you'll know I finally got them and we can cheer together. But I, I know I'm not the only one. And I, it, it's, it's this time, I know it's this time of year, you know, things are, the bugs are crazy. You come across the causeway, you get those damn midges. I never even heard of a midge until like five years ago. Um, but uh, they just ruin your car. My wife says that my car on the outside, it still stinks. It's been like, I think it's been two weeks since I crossed the causeway. And, they, and it's still sticking up the outside of my car. We wonder why God put bugs on this earth. You know, I guess for those people who have perfect lives, you got to give them a little something to be aggravated about too. I don't know what it is, but anyway as I usually do, I digress before I get to my guest because you know, I want people to exercise their right of using their little thumb to move forward. What's he talking about? Has he got the Mouton yet? I'm getting the Mouton right now. Here he is. Dang it. Uh, Doug, how you doing this morning? I am good. How are you, Jim? Uh, except for my little buddy over here.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, he wants to be a part of the show so bad. I don't know if he was like some kind of social media guru in his past life or whatever but uh you know in the mouton's experience flies come in your house one at a time one at a time Mm -hmm. one at a time and they live for like a week and they Mm -hmm. don't they don't go anywhere and they just stay in like the same area and you know i gotta bring the bug zapper out here or something i don't know anyway this is what we're going to talk about in case you were like more interested This this is our schedule for the day. Paul Skeen's on the hill in game one against Tennessee. LSU needs a hot start for sure to get going. And if they can make it to game two, they will be playing on, well, they'll make it to game two, whether they win or lose. Because if they lose, they'll be playing Monday afternoon. If they win, they'll be playing Monday night. So we'll be spending most of the show this morning talking about LSU and Tennessee and then what could lie beyond. And then Saints minicamp, I always say it when it's not, August, well, late August through, I don't know, December or January. No news is good news. It's still June. We don't really want a lot, a whole lot of news from Saints mini camp. That means no one's hurt. Training
1: camp is just six weeks away. Wait, That's I'm great. sorry, Jim. The lower right of that graphic, it said training camp. Did it? Did I yeah, spell? Oh, it sure did.
0: See, <laughs> what happens when you do these slides oh, late no, at I'm night? Sorry. I hate. Oh. i like the spell police. I oh.
1: can't. I occasionally, don't put a misspelling on the air, but man, I try.
0: Well, I'm glad you noticed that because I would have put that out. Uh, that's my main slide when I put it out to the, yeah. the masses after we do the show. So yeah. now I get a chance to fix it. Well, anybody wants to comment? If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, feel free. Uh, if you're watching on Twitter, you're just going to have to watch and not be able to comment because that's where we take our comments from. And already we have some. Bookie Brown is saying LSU all the way. Okay, well, we'll see. I mean with two in?
1: Yeah. Okay. Sorry.
0: Yeah. All right. Spell police says that we can't do that on social media.
1: Yeah. You type the way. I can. I'm
0: always. Wrong. You, you can, but but sure, can. they typed I've the way they. Too. Yeah. Trav five hundred four spelled everything correctly yeah, when he no, said hoot correct. at everybody. That's right. And Jerry's always with us. Happy Friday and hoot at and. and, uh, well,
1: you know, and I want to say this right off the bat, Jim. I like you know because I spent the last three days at Saints minicamp. I do like the way you said that. I didn't quite think of it in those terms, but no news is great news right now with the Saints. Absolutely. Like the one question uh, about injuries and and Dennis Allen said we might have one guy we're not 100% sure of, but even that one's not a problem. Otherwise, every other single person should be 100% good to go for training, I'm sorry for training camp. And training. Uh, <laughs> training training that, that, that's camp. That's awesome. So and and I think and I think that is that is something huge because there's some places where the Saints aren't real deep, and that's a really good thing. Anyway, uh, by the by the way, you know, I
0: think uh, Webster is, and uh, Merriam-Webster is thinking about changing the way that word is spelled. There are too many eyes in Try words that. these days, uh, uh, so. Uh. I mean, there are already two eyes in in training, so they're okay. thinking about all taking one of them out. I'm just letting okay. you know that that's, right. cool. yeah. that that's a possibility. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Jim Walgamot says LSU all the way, and they're going to win. Well, let's start off with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and and, your what have you seen from this LSU team? Oh. It's this is a different team that we've seen, Doug, than the one that kind of limped along the last month of the regular season into the SC tournament. Yeah. It's yeah. not really, to me, that big of a surprise that they've turned it on now.
1: No, no. No, look, I mean, look, the season is a grind, and it's long. I mean, and, and yes, it, they're great for, what was it, the first two-thirds? Then they they slush through a, a few weeks there, and then they turn it back on again. Yeah, it's incredibly talented. Um, I, look, I... <laughs> As stupid as it sounds, it's almost good that they had their slush period already because you don't want them to run out of gas now, and it's it's almost like they've now hit their second life. Um, look, I love where they stand, and I love this team, and it's, it's scary because they're so good because, look, there's eight really good teams, and anything can happen. If you lose game one um, with the bullpen as it is, you're in trouble. But, man, I love this LSU team. I love their chances. I, You know, I, I love uh, what Jay Johnson's put together. I love how they approach every at-bat. Um, and <laughs> Paul Skeens is, you know, probably my favorite college pitcher to watch maybe ever. And that's saying a lot because there's been a lot of pitchers and a lot of LSU pitchers who I just loved watching. And Paul Skeens is just crazy good. And I mean – I don't know that LSU's ever had – you know, they've had some really good pitches
0: along the way. I mean, Kevin yeah. Gossman's been pitching Look, in the majors for, for eight or ten years now. And but-
1: Gossman was great at times at LSU, but Gossman is, isn't Skeens. Gossman is more of what I would call like a nibbler. And especially when he was at LSU, he didn't trust his stuff as much. He threw too many pitches. He tried to – and and, and he, he got himself in trouble a lot by not just trusting himself. And Skeens goes out there – uh you know, with just this, like, I'm, I'm going to come get you right off the bat. He trusts himself. And, look, I, I love everything about Skeen's approach. And And Jay Johnson talked kind of at length yesterday about, you know, the decision to not play him anywhere else um, and to and to just let him do that, not have him coaching right. and running bases and playing first base or catcher. And, look, I, all that decision and everything they put into it, for Skeens was brilliant and it worked. And look, to LSU's credit, Skeens maybe he it's more fun to play everything, but for Skeens' future and and for the future of his family and his family's family, like LSU handled this 100% the right way because he's at worst going to be the second pick in the draft and he's going to pitch in the major leagues for a long time. And and it, when you I mean, when
0: you when you throw 98, 99, I yeah, mean, yeah. You, you're going to pitch in the, in the, in the major leagues, whether you do it in a, you know, in a, in a starting role or a relief role, but I got to right. feel, he just has the moxie and the stuff to be a major league starter. No, he yeah, no God, God. Although, like look,
1: He's going to have to find an off-speed pitch to pitch in the majors. But, but here's the thing at his floor, right? The worst that he can be in the majors is an elite closer. I agree. Like, that's the worst that can happen with him. That's if he can't develop a, an off-speed pitch and, and it's just the hard stuff, okay, then, then he can be the best closer in baseball, and that's not a bad career.
0: All right, best closer. In, let's let's, let's okay. He's still in college. Let's not go too, okay. too okay. far okay. there, Doug.
1: Of course. But, look, you said the same thing about Aaron Nola, and you can say the I same did. thing about Kevin Gossman, and you were right about them. And at this point, he's better than those guys.
0: Especially Aaron Noah is having issues right now. He's he's been, having issues right he's now. He's been Look, so Aaron good Ola's, for so long, but he, man, had a
1: spectacular career. Yeah, there's
0: there's no doubt. But it's weird that he's uh that he's having a little trouble. I right, want to talk about this college, this team. Yeah, Patrick yeah. says uh, he says he loves the show. First, he hears live. Uh, he mostly listens after the fact. By the way, we hope you still listen after the fact because when I'm finished with Doug, I'm going to go and do my monologue. And we have a new segment coming out in the pod. And uh, the official podcast, which, again, comes out on all major podcast platforms when I'm done with the show. I record my monologue. In my closing, I'm bringing back something I had with the black and gold today. It's called The Extra Point, which isn't very original, I understand, but it's the same concept. Something that happened in history, in fact, that we do this on Fridays. So I got a whole week to pick something, and I got something special. I'm not going to give it away, but let's just say it was maybe – the best moment ever in LSU baseball history. And there's a lot to pick from. So, uh, and it's, it's the call from that, that, that maybe best moment. You know, I think Doug knows what I'm talking about, but but come back and figure out what it is when you come listen to the podcast later. So there's more to listen to than just Doug and I, I mean, you know, (laughs) listen to me be a ramble on and be a jackass for about 15 minutes before I bring Doug on. It's kind of your Uh, thing. it, It is. It's, it's, it's my shtick. I guess to be a jackass, can you can you have a shtick to be a jackass? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Of course you can. All right.
0: Well, let's look at the schedule as we talk about what's going on here. Yeah. And and I want to talk a little bit about what LSU and Tennessee, obviously familiar foes. And that to me, that's why when you talk about what this team is and and how good LSU is to me, when you play a familiar foe, and it didn't necessarily work out that way last weekend, but when you play a familiar foe, it's kind of like the records don't matter quite as much or how good a team is as much because Tennessee's got that thing too. You know what I mean? They've got that little attitude as shown by that that guy who almost had a vein bulge out of his neck after he got a No, they've got the league.
1: attitude too of the team that should have been the team last year that wasn't. And, you know, sometimes you hit a year after you're supposed to. Like the, the Tennessee's got a – I'm not crazy about that as an opening round game for LSU. Uh, neither neither am I. Yeah, Tennessee, you could put an asterisk by that team. I mean, it look, this is a legitimate could go either way kind of game. Now, look, I would never in a million years bet against Paul Skeens, but but Tennessee's not the Tennessee's gonna come in here angry and not intimidated and not, not overwhelmed by the situation. Where yeah. you can't always say that at the College World Series. You get a lot of new teams getting the College World Series, and you do get guys sometimes with the big eyes and and not looking right in game one, that's not going to be Tennessee. That team's not going to be intimidated by anything.
0: No, and I'll tell you, I, not nothing against Southern Miss, but I was really hoping Southern Miss would win, you know, because, again, the fact of a less familiar foe yeah. uh, is, is something good. And you look at what happened the last time these two teams played. Yeah. They had a really good one in game one. Now, they haven't played since the last weekend in March, uh, first weekend in April, played on April Fool's Day. But, you know, you look at what they've done. So we're talking about, you know, two and a half months ago. LSU beat Tennessee 5-2. to two. What this all means, I don't know, because they're, they're kind of different
1: teams now. Yeah, oh, but- they're definitely different teams now. And, look, game one is when LSU, that was Skeens and Dolander, which was, you know, one of the great pitching matchups. Chase Dolander came into this year as, as the top college pitcher. Now, obviously, Paul Skeens has blown by him and that. Now, Dolander's not even their game one starter anymore. Right. That game, as much as any single game this year, is the one that sort of uh, uh, kicked Tennessee into flopping uh, Dolander down to two. That was the maybe not the beginning, but that was sort of the the Dolander take a step back mode in game one. Unless you got to him and beat him, and 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 that was a huge matchup. Dolander should still be a top ten pick in the baseball draft. And he's not pitching game one or certainly not expected to. So that was a sort of a landmark game in Tennessee's season. And they've won eleven of their last fifteen to close out this year. They've gotten hot at the end again now. But that that LSU game, that LSU series, and maybe even that game might have been their low point in their whole season. So that was sort of a landmark game. And then yeah, games two and three, you can see um by game three is the one you worry about not well that's that's
0: kind of the the signature game to me of what people were complaining about with this team for a long period of time and that the pitching beyond Skeens and floyd is is a little but this is a different team now so i think that's an outlier if you saw that today an lsu team that gave up that many runs 14 runs a football score 14 to 7 to me that would be that would be very odd i think you could yeah, I'd be surprised if LSU gives up any double-digit runs in any of these games, whether they win or lose.
1: Yeah, especially in that park. the The, the park plays big. Um, yeah, I, I, Heard was not very good. Obviously,
0: not even getting recording it out and giving up six earned runs. And Riley Cooper didn't fare too well, too much better himself.
1: No, yeah, no. And and look, LSU gets past game one; they're going to have to score runs. And yeah. That, look, that, but you're right. That first series, like that's ten weeks ago. If my math is right, that those two teams are both grossly different. And the way LSU played the last two weeks, um, I mean, you you could see it in in the in the in the comment section. Uh, LSU people, LSU fans, are heading into this one confident. That's not a bad thing. Um, no, because they're either like you know, God
0: love them because I went to LSU as well, so I understand it. But I'm around it a lot, so and and I, I love to bring up my next door neighbor because. I know he's not watching the show, so I can talk about him. It's kind of funny. I love the guy, but don't, he he kind of represents every LSU, fa- almost every LSU fan I know. When they have a little slump, oh my god, this team was supposed to be so good. They're they're terrible. They can't pitch their way out of a paper wet paper bag. Blah blah blah. And then they were good. We're the best team in the country. It's amazing. Yes. The best you team know? in a decade. Exactly. Yeah, right. Best team LSU's ever had. So which yeah. is it? You know, yeah. I want to know which one it is. Can yeah. you tell me? Yeah, it's uh. I mean, look. You, it's not really, a punk, Can you tell me, Doug? No, can
1: you tell me? Oh, it's well. It's not the best team I've ever had. <laughs> uh, maybe it is. I mean, we'll see. We'll see this week. I mean, you can't write any history on a team that's still in the middle of its story. Um, but look, I mean, this team does. This team does have warts. I mean, this team has some spectacular high end. The defense overall isn't great, and they have some real defensive holes. The bullpen, um, although they have arms, they haven't always pitched great it's it's not a team, I mean, the team at this point, you can see the flaws. Now, the, the positives are um, one of the great hitters in LSU history. I would say right now, and he still hasn't finished his book, the greatest single season from a pitcher in LSU history, and overall, a lineup that can compete with any lineup in LSU history, but but we haven't written this book yet, and we don't know. So, There's still some question marks, but it's not a team with no flaws. I mean, you could look at those scores and look at the ERA of a lot of the bullpen, and and there are warts, and you can look at the defense, and the defense is not always great.
0: I have one huge question for you. Can a team win a national championship with warts?
1: Yes. I mean, that's kind of
0: a tough medical condition to win a national (laughs) title with. And Maybe to be a right dominant pitcher, yeah. I mean, if you got, it depends, I guess, if you have warts on your throwing hand, that's going to be
1: really tough. I just mean, they've, they've, they've got a, look, it's not a perfect team, not by a long shot. They've got, they've got a couple of spots that have been ugly at times this season. But again, if you watch them in the, in the huh? regional and super regional, you see everything they can do well.
0: Well, also in the College World Series, you got the horned frog, so why not the warded tigers? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, there you go. know, as long as they're not thwarted, we're, we're, we're okay. See, I'm yeah. using, trying to just show you that I'm not as dumb as you think because I can't spell training. There you go. And my fly says he can
1: spell it. So uh, There you go. You know. um, and look, LSU's bracket isn't easy either. You oh, got God, three it's tough. The to eight seeds and Tennessee. Yeah. It's tough. unbelievably dangerous. Um, and to, look, Tennessee's a team I could see losing to LSU and then fighting their way out of the losers' bracket. Yeah, Th- they're that kind of team. Yeah, um, LSU, like it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise you at all if LSU had to play this team twice. I would would absolutely not surprise me at all. And and I like Stanford and I like Wake. I mean, this is this bracket is without question uh, the harder of the two brackets. I'm not, um, look, I yeah, the, for me, like I've been like writing a preview. To this game for like four days now, and yeah. I have, and I'm gonna do it again today, and then I'm gonna do it again early tomorrow. Like, I just want to, I just want to watch the game at this point.
0: Do, you know do we mean? have any eye on the Tigers specials coming up? I mean, not. I mean,
1: we do not. No, but no we no. are, we are in Omaha. No, the Eye on the Tigers specials start. Uh, that we Wait. have one football. Don't you
0: decide who goes where? You just not you d- didn't send yourself to Omaha.
1: Well, seriously. Well, like I'll say this: Ricardo LeCompte is a, my weekend guy. He gets married today. Um, oh wow! Okay. Which, congratulations! Yeah, yeah it's, it's a small wedding. Ricardo, one of the great humans I have worked with. In yeah, Lecomte, he's awesome. He's sports and look, Ricardo set his wedding date. You you can't make every date around every sporting event. He set his wedding date for this week, so Ricardo, Ricardo's out. So it's me and Brooke, and uh, and honestly, I, I couldn't leave Brooke by herself here. Not that she couldn't handle it. It's yeah, just a yeah. lot. Well, Sunday is a 13-hour day. we got a half-hour, fourth down on fours, a half-hour show, and two long newscasts. I could, and the last three days have been 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. I couldn't leave her with a 75-hour week. So I said, why don't you go to Omaha, and I'll handle everything here. So, Jerry says congratulations to Ricardo. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah, congratulations. Ricardo's awesome, and Jen, his wife, in 12, hours, in 12 hours, is awesome, too. I couldn't be happier for him.
0: Well, that's why, you know, they have extra people. When when my boss, Zach Ewing, goes on vacation, they have, like, extra people kind of watching our department to make sure I don't screw things up. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, 32 years in the business this week, by the way, my wow, anniversary exactly. this week, and they, exactly. still, they still let me come on the air and do this and right. And I I don't know. I don't understand it. All right. Let's get to some predictions part of this thing. Um, You know, you talk about the other side. I'm just going to say that I like Florida. Um, I think it's going to be tough to beat Florida. I think they're the most, in fact, I would go as far to say, you know, you could make a case that they're the best uh, just total team in this entire thing um, because they have it all. And not that LSU doesn't have it all, but LSU might be lacking a little bit after skeins, especially after Floyd, when you're talking about starters and you're going to have to be deep, a little deep here. And I think Florida has that, but their lineup also one through nine is almost, if not as good as LSU. So I I think Florida is going to come out of the other side, LSU and wake. I don't know that we don't know enough about wake, but your your thoughts on that.
1: I agree. Well, look, I, I mean, honestly, I, LSU and Florida, I know that's 2017. The, I think those are the two best teams. Um, look, I, I will say, like, this is, <laughs> there's nothing easy about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like it. Look, I, and I thought in the, in, um, I have thought from the beginning that the key, really, to making that offensive lineup really work is Trey Morgan. To me, he's the one linchpin that when Trey Morgan is doing things right, th- th- this team's going to score. Eight plus every game, and I love seeing him playing the way he is right now. Look, I, I love that LSU lineup. I love them to score enough runs for the pitching to be imperfect and to win. I will say, you got to get through Tennessee in Game One, and I know that they should, and I know that they're heavily favorites. The worry is that Skeens comes out in the seventh, and it's a two-two game or a two-to-one game. Like you need, you need to get in front. And, and Skeens needs to, to have an economy of pitches where hopefully he can go the whole nine or at least as far as you can get him. Um, I, I, game one scares me, but I love LSU's chances. I, love, I, I just love everything about the attitude of this team right now. And let, let's get them there. Let's see what pitchers – can magically emerge you see it happen Let, let's see how that plays out i love lsu's chances right now I, I would certainly not bet against lsu or florida
0: you're just giving the shout out to the brother martin dude
1: yeah hey, i know i know and I, I there's no doubt that i like him because partially because he's a yeah. brother martin dude yeah, I, know. I, I have i have no i'm not gonna lie about that <laughs> in any way. But I will say, uh, I find myself, it hurts me because I, I, I am so impressed with what Foster Morrow has done yeah. with the Saints, and he's a Jesuit guy. I know. But, but it's, I, I, like, I have to, like, put that aside and say, this dude, and he's looked great at minicamp. I'm sorry, I know I'm changing subjects. That's he's okay. at minicamp, and it is shocking for what he has gone through, not just physically, but just emotionally and mentally, and for him to be out there, I think he's going to be a major piece of this team. I think he's going to go down as one of the great additions to this team. I think the tight end position has gone from a liability to a strength Thanks, one hundred percent. Not one hundred percent, because Jawan Johnson's the other half of that. I think they are can potentially be a great duo that complement each other. Anyway, so I, I'm thinking well, about the okay. local guys. But yes, I pull for the local guys. There's no doubt. And Trey Morgan, yeah, I love the fact that he's a brother Martin guy. He's a spectacular defensive first baseman, which does Agreed. help to, to help help to mitigate some of some of an infield that has at times not been good. Um, and and I, I love him at first base. He 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 sort of helps. You know, he's a plus one. He makes every other defender in the infield plus one. You know, if, if Tommy White's a three at third base, he makes him a four because he's at first base. Um, I, I like a lot of things about this team. I like LSU's chances, but as much as anything, I just like where they are because if they play to their ability, I don't think anybody in their bracket can beat
0: on Trivia Friday here, as we segue, you, uh, that's what we call a segue, my friends. We're going to segue into the Saints, but I'll, before we segue, right in the middle of that segue, by the way, which is spelled S E G U E, for those for the spell police in the business, we don't have it on the screen, but I just uh-huh. want to make it clear. What do Trey Morgan and Foster Morrow have in common? And I bet you don't know the answer. I don't. No, I, I can tell you right now, I don't know. The answer is that I covered. Both of their final appearances in their respective school, high school uniforms. Nice. In their, in their high school careers. I covered both of them. Well, I covered uh, Trey Morgan. His final baseball game was against St. Paul's in the semifinals of the LHSA state tournament in which they lost. And then St. Paul's went on and lost John Curtis in the state championships. And I don't know, 20 my years get mixed up because I'm old 2017 or 2018. I can't remember. And then Foster Moro I covered a his last football game at Jesuit which was in the state championship game yeah, against uh, John Curtis which they won 2014 and then in 2015 his last time ever in a Jesuit uniform he lost to Mandeville playing basketball oh wow Last time he, and I <laughs> okay. even asked him if you go and find that that story from eight years ago you can find that I even asked him what is it have you has it sunk in and this is the last time you'll wear a Jesuit Uniform and
1: yeah, there you go.
0: I also asked him, what does it feel like to know that you'll be a New Orleans Saint one day? No, I didn't. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right, right. It. But switching to the Saints, um, you know, we, we already talked about it because they're in training. Uh, it, how is this team, you know, what you saw this week, to me, the story besides that and the the fact that everybody's gushing over Chris Olave, I think that what people are talking about is this offense already looks like it has a chance to be much better much better. Than, than the one that, the ones that we've seen the past two years. With Derek Carr at the helm, uh, again, Drew Brees is going and he's never coming back. We're not trying to pretend that Derek Carr is going to be Drew Brees. But this could be that, you know, you have to have a top-notch quarterback to mm-hmm. win in this league. Mm-hmm. And I think he could be that, and I think he can take this team to another level. I'm not thinking they'll win in the Super Bowl. And maybe they will, maybe they won't. But I think he can take this team to the next level, which is something they've been looking for for two years.
1: Yeah, I would agree 100%. And look, he had, to me, the, excuse me, the single story of the minicamp was Derek Carr in the sense, not only what he did on the field, but the way he has won over his team, the the his energy, his level of excitement. Look, Dennis Allen walked to the podium yesterday. And look, Dennis Allen is not a guy who, who likes making speeches, certainly not to us. No, he really doesn't. The first thing out of his mouth is, without being asked, is how much he loves what they did in the offseason off and how unbelievably optimistic he is right now. We talked to Tyron Matthew in the locker room. He said there's a dozen teams that have a legitimate shot at making a long run, and we're one up. And we all believe that in here, like, like the level of confidence was a little surprising based on the fact that they're coming off of a seven and 10 season. I think Derek Carr is a big part of that. Uh, Taysom Hill raved about Derek Carr. Um, the, The, every single person we talked to literally raved about what Derek Carr has done since walking into that locker room. And look I I don't know what that means for what he's done but look I mean, I mean as an employee of any business when you walk in new and you're in a position that's that important that's the that that's the impact you hope you have right off the bat and he's had that in a surprising way and on the field. Look, they, they run the two minute offense at the end of practice and he zips them right down the field and gets right. a touchdown to end practice yesterday. The practice before that, he throws the bomb to Chris Olave over the top for a touchdown at the end of practice. And it's not just that. This is, tr- this is mini camp pre training camp and it's, the heat index is 190, and he's running downfield two hours in practice with his arm up and waving and yelling. You can hear him on the sideline. Like it was so much fun and energetic to watch. Now I will say this: it's a roster with warts. Like I, I like how they we do- go with the warts again. I like how they've rebuilt. The offense, and I will say they do have a lot more offensive weapons. I like the three-headed monster at running back. I like what they've done at tight end, adding Foster Morrow, and I like what they're doing now with Taysom Hill, and he is actually going to be, I think, a lot more involved in the passing game than we have ever seen. That's the next level of his, his expansion, and I love Chris Alabe, but right now you've got a wide receiver group, and I would not be surprised if they still went out and signed somebody. You got a wide receiver group that you're one, two, and three. That's on Kiki QT? What are you talking about? Exactly. Your one, <laughs> two, and three are Chris Alave, Mike Thomas, and Rashid Shaheed. Rashid Shaheed <laughs> did not practice because he's got a groin injury. Mike Thomas is still not ready to go as of right this minute. You are counting. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. You're
0: telling me Michael Thomas is still not ready to go? Yes, no way. Right. Yes. You're, you're, you've got to
1: be kidding me. So right now you are counting on Michael Thomas and Rashid Shahid. Look, I love what Rashid Shahid did, but the fact is you're asking him to double or triple his snap count in year two. You're counting on those two. And you know who was playing with those two not there? With the ones, it was Keith Kirkwood and mm. Traquan Smith. And if that's what you're if mm. that's what actually plays out in the season, then all the coverage is rolling to Chris Olave, and it's gonna be harder for him to be that guy. That is the Achilles heel as I see it right now, is that wide receiver group. Yes, if those big three are healthy and on, I love that three. But man, you are paper thin after that threesome. That's one smith. That that to me, who Dropped a, a several balls. He made a couple of nice catches, but he also dropped a bunch of balls. Now, look, you might see an offense where in, you're not running in passing situations. You're not running three wideouts. You're running, you know, you're running two wide receivers with Taysom Hill and Juwan Johnson and Alvin Kamara. You know that you may have to look. Oh, for Alvin Kamara's is not going to
0: play for a while.
1: Well, okay. Well, then one of the other two, then Kendra Miller or or okay. uh, or Jamal Williams and Jamal Williams might be the funniest, most offbeat guy you'll ever interview in a locker room um two of us were trying to ask him a question at the same time he made us rock papers and scissors to see who the would scissors. ask him the next awesome question. Right? i love yes. it that's the that's him. did you yeah, win no, it's did you yeah, win fun and itch. no i didn't and i'm a little disappointed in uh, myself but anyway
0: um, let me guess you chose paper
1: no paper is where i should have went really we did a lot of rock paper scissors with my friends, and we were always one, two, three, and then the thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and this was one, two, and then the thing. So I was one, two, and I was, and I actually I did rock because I was waiting to do anyway. So my. Well, I was mean,
0: there. you, I went, you, you oh, I people see. love doing this. I'm, yeah. I was people love doing this. It's 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 psychiatry. It's like-
1: you think so? See, I think I think men go rock first because it's the power no, move. you you so might I, have I a point paper, there. If I think you're trying to like big dog me, I go paper first, and I win. really because you're, yeah, rock is the power move. Oh, I man. everything plays off a of rock. Because mm-hmm. rock is the power move. At least that's why when you when you play a, a man, I always think rock is the power move. I'm playing off a of rock. All right. The next and I time would we never start scissors. But that's the next, the, next you know, time we please.
0: play rock paper scissors, I'm definitely doing this because now after we've had this discussion, you're gonna think that I think maybe. that you're gonna that or you're gonna not. do rock. Yeah. All right. Mike
1: Triplett said the same thing, and I. I took him down quickly after the fact, but we'll see. Okay.
0: Taking you down. Anyway. Down, to ch- no, no, no,
1: no. So that was the one thing that stood out to me at training camp. Well, not the the one thing, but one of the many things that stood out is like, man, that wide receiver group is a little scary if those big three aren't right.
0: I think the running back group is a little scary because Alvin Kamara being gone, okay, leaves you shallow. And then shallow in the fact of, look, I think Kendra Miller is going to jump right in and be great and 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 have a I'm not saying he's going to be the next Alvin Kamara but the shelf life of a running back we all know is small. So you got you got uh Miller, you got Jamal Williams who I think also is going to be very good. But after that what do you have? You need to have more than two running backs. We don't know how long Kamara is going to be gone. It could turn into an entire season. And I said this, I've said this before, people don't like when I say this, but I don't care that they don't like it because it's the truth. Alvin Kamara took a major step backward last year. Like he's hitting that age that starts with a three. And when running backs hit that age that starts with a three, they become one step closer to retirement, which is kind of where I think Kamara is now. I'm not saying he's ready for retirement. And everything I read and hear says, oh, he's looking great. And, but who cares in minicamp big deal. I'm just worried about if he's ever going to be effective again, even if he does get a shorter suspension than, than a lot of people are thinking about.
1: Well, I wouldn't say ever be effective again. I, I, I look, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I would say he was know. by NFL standards. He was a 10 and last season by NFL standards, he was a seven. He was still a good back. He was, mm. he wasn't, he wasn't, I, I mean, look, that's
0: yeah. a little nice.
1: Okay. I, then I'm being a little, Can nice. he score
0: two touchdowns.
1: And I will say, and I will say this too. I think, both Williams and Miller will be extreme upgrades over anyone you had after Kamara last season. That's
0: no question.
1: So so you have taken a major upgrade. And if your two primary backs were Miller and Jamal Williams, I think you'd be okay. I think yeah. and, and I th- and look a lot of us think Miller has a huge upside. I think I think if those were you two, you'd be great. And who also isn't on the field yet, by the way. Still dealing with it, but but he's one of the guys who's going to be fine. And they knew that he had the injury in the uh, national semifinal, they knew he wasn't going to be ready. That's not a surprise. That's not a problem. He's working off on the side. Yeah, he is one of the I guys that, about Zion. that should be that's a full be a problem. Yeah, not well, be a problem. If you don't realize Zion's a unique animal, I, I mean, how many times have we heard
0: that's not going to be a problem. I okay. mean, it's like somebody okay. trying to sell okay. you a vacuum cleaner. Okay. It,
1: it, it's, well, got so it's got a little, it's literally about every, all 90 on the roster. The then. switch doesn't work quite right.
0: But right. it's gonna be fine. It's no problem whatsoever. Trust me. Just trust me.
1: Even if you only had Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara, that's an upgrade from last year. I mean, either way, you have upgraded that position in a big way. And 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 I like the threesome. I and you don't need three. You're gonna need two. And on a game by game basis, I do think Kamara is gonna face a suspension. Look, my guess is, if I had to guess that it's going to be eight games. I think it's going to be a little longer than people think. Yeah. The NFL sort of changed its rules. And, and because of that, we don't actually even know. If it's six, I think that would be a bonus for the Saints and a positive. I would I would put my number at eight. And if you get less than that, call it a win. And look, I do think the Saints believe it's significant because they didn't go out and get one guy to help. They went out and got two. They went out and covered themselves if they have no command. Is sort of how they looked at it. And and if they obviously, if they can get Alvin Kamara, whatever games they get him for it, that becomes the bonus.
0: I'm just saying that, uh, you know, not, I hope you're nowhere near retirement. I mean, but just thinking about retirement one day, if you decide that when you do retire, you want to do something like part time just to like keep your time filled and so you don't, you know, stay home and drive your wife crazy. Then I can probably get you a gig. My my brother in law runs a car dealership. You could probably go sell cars a little bit on the side because you you got the uber positive thing going on this morning, Doug. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just st- saying
1: how I, I'm saying how uh, unsure I am about the wide receiver spot.
0: Like well, that's, that's, that's and true. I don't see
1: a lot written about that, and I really f- think it should be because that spot it, like that's scary.
0: Well, le- next week before because next week I believe well we got I think we have two shows left if. If I can get Paul Minera to come on the week after, right before I go on vacation, on like a Monday or a Tuesday, uh, he has said that he's going to probably come on this show. But Duncan's coming on next week, and it's hard to be as positive as Jeff Duncan.
1: Yeah,
0: it really well, is. Look, big...
1: And look, here's the thing, too, Jim. Like, I, like I got into this business 35 years ago because I like going to ball games, and I don't like going to ball games to complain and whine. Like, I, I like when whatever I'm pulling for is winning, and I, like, I, like. Yeah, I, I do often look for the bright side of stuff. I have been yeah. accused of that in the past, but I don't think that's a personality flaw. I don't think that's a problem as opposed oh, to being uh, the guy who's not, uh, grumpy all the time.
0: It's not a flaw at all. I mean, but look, if you want to be grumpy, that's okay too. I, I mean, I need, you know what? I need to find a, a regular for this show that's going to just be a grumpy jackass. It's a grumpy
1: guy. I mean, because,
0: well, that was me, kind of me during the Saints, part of the Saints season last year. Yeah, I, no, I, who I, could blame you? I mean, you know, I let them look. The, see, I'm—I look at myself as the middleman. I'm reality, okay. If I—if you're doing great, I'm going to pump you up and say you're doing great. If you stink, I'm going to let everybody know you stink. I'm—I'm I'm sorry, it is what it is. But I liked having a nice little balance of positive guys. I don't have enough, like, just grumpy ass Oh, they stink. LSU sucks. That's what I need on this show,
1: Yeah, but then if you did this for a living and that's who you
0: were, like, you'd be so miserable all the time. No. Come on. I got two kids at home.
1: I'm miserable anyway. (laughs) Not only you personally. I mean, the person who has that attitude would be hard to listen to all the time.
0: I don't know. People like, you know, this show does so much, and I'm not joking. This show probably does twice as well, numbers-wise. The day after the Saints lose than any yeah. other day. Look, and we look. We did a bunch of those last year, and uh, they don't want to listen when the Saints win. They don't want to hear me be happy, happy Georgia. Joy, joy. They want to hear me go,
1: God, dog, some of my yeah. biscuit. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll buy mean. that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Look, mm-hmm. I thought the biggest. Looking back at last season, one of one of the. Like Andy Dalton at quarterback, you were limited in what you could do. No yeah. matter what, Not the great. best you could be offensively was okay. Or maybe if he plays over his head, you could be pretty good. Like, that was the Agreed. best you could ever be with Andy Dalton playing quarterback. No matter who else you had on the team, no matter who was around him, the best you were going to be was okay or pretty good, which is why all season, and I was one of the last ones. should have had
0: Jameis Winston then.
1: Was, I was one of the last ones saying Jameis should be playing. You weren't the I'm last saying, one. I'm not saying it would have been better, but at least there was an upside to Jameis, that he he can fling it downfield, and maybe you could be good. Maybe you could be very good. Even if it's for one week out of 10, you, you could be better than okay. And I, I do think Derek Carr gives you a chance to be better than okay. But I will say, if it's Chris Alave, Keith Kirkwood, and Traquan Smith, if you rank that threesome, oh, you've got at best the 30th best set of wide receivers. So you better figure out ways. Either get somebody else in the room or figure out ways – to use your other guys. Because well, that,
0: that's where the tight ends come in, and I agree with you. Yeah. That and then that's when throwing out of the backfield and going back to that screen pass. And I think Derek Carr can can pull off the the Drew Brees screen pass a little better than anyone that has played that position since he left. Um yeah. and that that's one of the plays I think this team is missing.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And and he can get the ball upfield. And I think that has to be a look if you if you actually do get Rashid Shaheed back healthy and you have Chris Alave and you don't throw deep a certain percentage of times, then you're not playing to your strength because those two guys can go and let them do that. And we saw that in mini camp already. Again, just a little bit. But it was fun to see an offense that was sort of breathing a little bit as yeah. opposed to last year we saw an offense that was sort of suffocating on itself.
0: Well, this is probably the last time you and I at least will speak on a live setting where other people can hear us uh, until preseason ish. Uh, So let's just take a quick look at the schedule and you know, what is your, I don't think I've ever asked you this. I don't remember. I know you've been on the show within the last few months, but what do you think, uh, you know, to me, having the easiest schedule in the NFL, but there is a caveat with that, that to me, it is a brutal stretch of having to go on the road four or five games and not only that, you know, five of seven games, and one of the games at home is on a Thursday night. You know, you right. go from October the 1st yeah. until December the 3rd with just one Sunday noon home game, and that is a big deal to me. I know it's it's technically
1: easy, but it's, I don't think it's as easy as it looks. No, it, it's a stretch, and, it, and it's interesting that the stretch comes early. I mean, you hit that stretch right right off the bat. Um, yeah yeah you you got to get game one um then the stretch hits um and look it's it's so hard though to look at a schedule and know what you're going to get i mean look like tampa in week four could le- tampa could legitimately be they're one awful. of the worst three or four teams in the nfl right they could so, be the worst
0: and, team in the nfl
1: they, literally they could be and, and then houston two weeks later or are they going to be much better and, and you know they're they're a bottom feeder. Look, New England could be a, a bottom feeder this year. Like, like it's it's hard for me. I, I, I need the preseason to sort of see where everybody is to exactly. I mean, look, you you look at the two words, green and then followed by yeah. bay, and you immediately think, oh, my God, that's a really good team right off the bat. But, but is Green Bay a really good team this year? I think so, they're going
0: to be better than people
1: think they are. I, I Jordan Love, word, I think, is going to be way better than people think he's going to be. But we need to we need to shake we need to shake things up a little bit and see where it stands. But you're right, five out of seven on the road right off the bat it it is is a tough and, to start the season.
0: And the Saints are part of and I've said this before, three straight home openers to start the season. Their own Carolinas and Green Bay's back to back to back. You know, obviously your own great. You're starting the season and you're starting it in the dome. But then you go to Carolina on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. uh, as part of a Monday night doubleheader, And then you Jordan loves home opener as the starting quarterback at Lambeau. Not, not necessarily an easy task. You got no, one there.
1: Look, I had you on fourth down and four and I love the breaking out the quarterbacks that you did. And I love, yeah. I love your schedule breakdown. Um, I think the saints are set up for success. Look, I, when I look at the Saints team, I do like them better than last year, and I think they can be a pretty good team, and I certainly think they can compete for a division championship. At this point, do they look like a Super Bowl team to me? No. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it plays yeah. out. I, 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 I like what they've done. I don't know if they could fix all the problems in one offseason, so I, I don't know that they've done it all. Like I said, to me, the biggest thing right now is – I mean, you look at the great teams in the NFL and they got receivers, although Kansas city is somehow, I mean, they got back to the
0: receiver thing again, boy, it's you're really, done that. it's really but, bothering you. isn't
1: it? It, it? No, it really is. When I came away from that and I and literally like, like play one and I'm looking at the ones that I'm thinking, I'm looking at the ones on the field. I'm thinking, is that Keith Kirkwood? And it is. And look, I know a lot of guys aren't playing and Mike Thomas in theory is going to be back. And Rashid Shahid in theory is going to be back, but, in the reality, what look the offensive line's missing guys too, but they're yeah. playing Calvin Throckmorton, who's been a who's been a solid player, and he's playing because you, right now you have no Ruiz and you have no Penning. Like the offensive line is way deeper than it than it I was agree. last year and has been, and I like what they've done there. Like I said, I like I like everything about the offense. I like what they did at quarterback. I like what they did at running back. I like what they did at tight end. I, I wish they had brought in one more wide receiver, and I'd feel better about the offense. You
0: know what I like most? I like the fact that when Jeff Duncan pulls the media this year, there is 0.0% chance that he's going to get what he got last year. And that was all 27 people saying they were going to go over the win total that was projected for them. And that was an automatic, you're screwed. Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. When 27 probably. out of 27 media members agree on something. It's yeah. 100% doomed to fail. And there's no way they say over nine wins this year. I think it might be split down the middle, or at least 60, 40.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I, I, th- I think you'll hear a lot of nine and eights.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll hear some eight and nines as well. You
1: might. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Look, yeah. I mean, uh, we, we need some more pessimistic lots. Factor. What's that?
0: Again, we need some more pessimism. I mean, I don't want all yeah. roses and sunshine. I get you know, it. I, I need I need some sort people to, to tell Williams me. Back? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't go that far. He was texting me the other day. Whew. Man, asking me about boxing. I guess he's getting in, into that yeah. now.
1: Yeah, he's been at the Regis. Uh, I've seen Ted at the Regis uh, press offices.
0: The old picker. The old picker. Um. All right. Well, would you, you got any vacations planned uh, coming up or anything like that?
1: My wife and I just got back. We did... We did. Oh, that's right. You did. You went to. uh, You went to
0: the Giants game. uh, Yeah, we went to
1: it. Yeah. Well, I I told my wife. I said, "Look, we'll go there for a week plus. Just give me one day to go to a baseball game." And and she's good with that. Yeah. We look. We had a couple of vacations we wanted to do since we've been married. I've been married thirty four years. Yeah. And it's congratulations. Someone we didn't, we didn't get to any of her great vacations until we had been married 30 years. It took a little while for us to collect the money to go, but this was one of the ones on her bucket list and we did it. And it was spectacular. We drank all the wine in wine country. Um, all I of it. I, I feel like we drank most of it and they have replenished. I think by now, is but, the hangover almost ooh. gone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But man, We hit it hard, I'll say that. And we were amateurs. The first day was a six-glass. First one we went to, six glasses. They were almost all full. You drink six glasses in an hour. Yeah. So we stumbled out of our first tasting like amateurs.
0: Oh, you know, my dad took me, and I talked about this yesterday, so that's weird that this comes up two days in a row. I guess Father's Day is, is Sunday. But my dad took me, my senior year, he took me to San Francisco, um, and we did the whole kind of thing. It was in the winter, though. There were no Giants games. They weren't playing, Whoa. obviously. However, we did go on a, a wine tour. And it, me as a 16-year-old, I was 16 years old as a senior. They they let me in a couple of, of them. Oh, and, yeah. And well, they, they did let me taste a little bit. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I got to say.
1: Wine country is mean. very different than it was 20 years ago. And that was more than 20. What? 20 years ago? Yeah. 30, almost,
0: 30 years ago? Almost 40 I
1: mean, uh, yeah. All right, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I
0: mean, come on. A yeah. lot, Doug. A lot of things are are not a lot of things. Almost everything is way different than it was when you and I were seniors yeah. in high school. I get it. All right, let's move on. Uh, well, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Always fun to have you on this show, my friend.
1: Yes. Um, oh, oh, so so does LSU win it all? What do you think? I, I want to hear from you because you you're big on making me make a prediction and then criticizing me later.
0: Well, you know, like the they to the the LSU
1: win it all, or at least their bracket.
0: I think it is LSU versus Florida in the series, uh, and I think Florida wins.
1: Oh, I so mean, I got I look again. I'm
0: a realist, so I tell it the way that it is. If I'm all wrong, right. if I'm wrong, I, I own it. If if I'm right, I might gloat a little. I wouldn't gloat in this case because yeah, I mean, I went to LSU. I want LSU to win. I mean, sure. it, it is what it is. Right, so I mean, I'm not rooting for me to be right, although I do have money on Florida. Do you really? Yeah, I got them right. at ten to one. So I, I, mean,
1: t- I, I tell you what, you're—I I need to I Had money
0: on the two. Nuggets at at four and a half to one I too. No, so.
1: I know. I, I'm telling you, you're good that at it.
0: the boat. You got to get it. It's all—it's all key about getting things at the right time.
1: Doug. Yeah, I get it. I get it.
0: No, I mean when when you see something later and the Nuggets are minus three hundred. And you gotta bet 100 yeah, to yeah, win, yeah. a hundred to win no, a three hundred to win. No, look,
1: you know 100. how to play it. Man. And, and look, anybody listening who does some betting, listen to Jim. I, look, I, I'm not going to give you credit where you don't deserve it, but man, your your betting skills are pretty solid.
0: It's better than my fantasy baseball skills. Than, I was going to say, I don't want to
1: hear you raving about good your
0: lord. It's been my my pitching staff kind of looks like uh, the LSU relief. Staff Ooh. looked the last month of the regular yeah, right, season. Right, right. It's kind of starting to look like that.
1: All right, well, uh, so no more breaks for you until... Oh, actually, I do have one more. We're taking my son to Las Vegas.
0: Okay, when's yeah. that coming?
1: We're taking Quentin. In, in July. Look, this is the time. Once, yeah, once absolutely. July 27th or so hits, yeah. we have no more off time till January. That's so, right. Until you know, football season's over. Really? Until morning, yeah, almost. And, I, and I'm lucky enough to have been at Channel 4 for more than well over a decade. So you know, you accrue some vacation time over time. So yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to use that. Um happy to take a few days to go play golf at City Park. I like I love doing it when it's this hot. So I'll yeah. do some of that. And then when the, football comes, I'll be ready.
0: Well, you know, thirty two years uh for me at times Picky and although and this is no knock on my employer whatsoever. It is because it was you know, my old company was sold to this current yeah, company, yeah, and yeah. I was one of the very few lucky ones who who was brought over to this company. But you know, you start over when you when you oh, go to do a, a new company. Oh, so I didn't know that. yeah, so I don't have as much vacation as you do, even though I've been in with the right. same company technically right for thirty two years. That's wow. A, yeah.
1: Yeah. So,
0: but I'm employed.
1: But, and uh, they let, yeah, me
0: too. And they, and they let me do this. Yeah, me too. Yeah, they, le, they let me talk to you as part of, like, I get paid to, to do this.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't, but I'm still here. Yeah, well, you know,
0: uh, well, that's what we do for each other. That's yes. what we do in yeah. the biz. All yeah. right,
1: I'm going to have you on during
0: preseason. And, uh, we'll, and I'm going to we'll... have
1: you on during preseason on 4th Down on 4th. I'm coming. I, I, w- I want some betting numbers. You said you needed some time to evaluate some things when I had you on. You ask, and I'm there. Yeah, okay, very cool. I love that. All right, we'll talk to you soon. I love all my guests on
0: this show. I really do. And I thank all of them throughout the two years we've been doing this. But I have a lot of fun when Doug Mouton comes on. I, I, it, it's easy to give him the business. It's kind of easy to give Dunk the business too. But Doug will, will kind of play back. Dunk is more of a, once the camera or well not camera, whatever, the, the recording device is on, Doug's more of a, I mean, Dunk is more of a, kind of more serious guy. He'll joke a little bit in the in the beginning and at the very end, but it's hard to get a joke out of Dunk sometimes because he wants to talk about what, what whatever the theme is. Doug, you can get all over the place. So I love having Doug on the show. Always a bunch of fun. All right, here it is. Time for the extra point. We're bringing it back. Uh, those of you who watched the Black and Gold Today show, back in my days with the former... NOLA.com, the former Times Picayune, uh, before it was bought by my much more loyal owners. The don't get me started. That's a whole different story. But uh, anyway, back in those days, I had a segment at the end of each show called The Extra Point. And it was a 5 day week show. Sometimes it was, it was hard finding five look-backs look at things that happened in the past. Um, or sometimes it was a little bit of a rant. But this extra point is going to be back kind of what it was intended to be, and it's going to be something historical that happened, uh, some special event that happened whatever this week in time was. And this particular one to get us back started is one that most LSU fans are familiar with. It is, I think it was 27 years ago this week, and it was the home run of all home runs, It was no. Qu- there's no question it's the biggest home run in the history of LSU baseball. And with all the home runs that have happened with this program, I mean, to say it's the biggest, sometimes you have a debate on, you know, if you talk about greatest touchdown passes in Patriots history or whatever, um, Go through and, you know, biggest shots of Michael Jordan's career. You could think about a bunch of different ones, right? Well, there is no question with all the home runs that LSU has hit throughout the years that this is the biggest home run. And it was hit by Warren Morris. It was the only home run he hit in 1996. 27 years ago this week, Warren Morris hit a home run that led LSU to the national championship. And here it is as called by Jim Hawthorne, former LSU play-by-play guy, just fantastic play-by-play guy who retired a few years ago. Love Chris Blair. He's been on this show before. But uh, this call, and you could tell, it really, besides the fact that it's a game-winning home run, but by, of all people, a guy who had been injured for a lot of the year and was hitting his first home run of the season, to come in this form and fashion, I don't think he could have done any better job. Let's listen.
1: And it's up to Morris, who has doubled, singled, Got on in the fielder's choice, scored three runs, and struck out. Now it'll take a base hit and error, a wild pitch or something. The stretch by Mars on the pitch. Swung on and hit the right field. That's way back there. Way back there. Oh, oh yeah. God! Tosses win. Tosses win. Home oh, run! It's a two-run home run.
0: and attack to the National Academy. I don't believe it. The first home run of the year.
1: Oh my goodness, Oh this is me. unbelievable, I do not oh. believe it, oh what a story, Good what Lord. a story, you couldn't have written it in Hollywood, this is unbelievable.
0: As a guy who's done play-by-play for the last, I don't know, almost decade now, I can (laughs) appreciate, I think the last 10 seconds of that clip were fantastic. I mean, the call itself is great, but they don't even know what to say anymore. Um, I've only been in a few situations, I guess, uh, calling some things throughout my career. I've had some great ones. Uh, The one that comes to mind uh, most vividly is, I think it was the, First, it might have been the first basketball game I ever did. Um, or it was one of the first, for sure. It was the first first year that I was doing play-by-play. for. We did play-by-play on NOLA.com for a while. Now I work for uh, for our side gig for Varsity Sports now and do uh, play-by-play for them. And going about to go into my fifth season with them. But when we started out this thing and did this little these radio broadcast, I uh, broadcast the Class 4A state championship basketball game, Salmon and Landry Walker. And I don't know if you remember Keaton Thompson, but he was a great quarterback, led Landry Walker to the state championship in football his senior year, Um, went on, probably didn't have quite the college career that he thought he would have had. But anyway, high school, he was a monster. And his sophomore year, he basically uh, throws up this prayer with the score. I believe the score was tied at the time at the buzzer after a, uh, a heave some... The The player before him thought that the clock was running out and threw up a heave and missed it, and uh, Keaton Thompson grabbed it and just put it in, uh, kind of like the NC State play almost, but uh, that's the only one, and I went absolutely berserk, uh, as I often do on play by play, but the way Jim Hawthorne called that was fantastic, but listening to the final 15 seconds of that clip, it's just funny because... They, they just didn't know what to say after that. But that is, uh, thats that's got to be the greatest moment in LSU baseball history. And frankly, one of the top moments in LSU sports history. I don't think it's up there with probably the Joe Burrow National Championship. I think that's got to be number one. Um, and you can probably, you can have your own, I'm sure. But to me, that that's up there. Uh, and so... Hope you like our new little segment. Again, we're going to be doing that every Friday that we're on, uh, and maybe do it every every Monday too when we start St. Season. We'll see how it goes. But it will be picking something out from history and letting you listen to the to the sound of the moment, and uh, you know it'll be fun, it'll be a fun thing. We hope we hope it's a fun thing. We know another thing that's going to be a fun thing as we go out today, and that is going to be Father's Day. And uh, you know my rant on the Bayou Bed Show. Yesterday was about Father's Day and um, how special it is. And it it really is. And obviously, you know, one of the things for me is the fact that I'm about to become a grandfather as well. On Tuesday, little Bennett Bourgeois is going to be born. And um, it's going to be a special time in in our family here. But, you know, my, my son and my two girls, they always make it special for me. I joke about watching the golf. I mean, I'm all, I guess I'm kind of joking because it is true. I loved watching golf on Father's Day. But, uh, you know, having the kids around is is a special thing. And I joke about them and sometimes uh, complain a little bit here and there. But that's what I do. I like to whine every now and then. But what would you do without those kids, right? And so my outro song today is one that gets me. It gets me every time I hear it, Darius Rucker. It won't be like this for long because if you listen to the words of the song, and if you if you never heard the song, if you never really listened to it, when we're done with this podcast, even if you don't like country music, go find the song. It's fantastic. I mean, the it's it just really is. And there there are a few songs like this that get me every time. Kenny Chesney has one. Um, There are a few others here and there, but this one just every time I listen to it, I tear up. I'm a sap. I know people might not believe that the people that especially the ones that don't know me but i'm a sap so you know when i talk about it and i think about my girls and uh you know my son's growing up now again having his own and uh you know my two girls at home one of these days it's going to be them leaving and i'll be old by i'll be really old by then but uh, it won't make it any less emotional i know so as we go out this morning this afternoon for some of you listening to it i will Wish every dad out there a happy Father's Day. Have a great one. Enjoy. Do whatever you want to do, but just make sure you get to do it with the ones you love. Give them a hug or a kiss from me, and we will see you back here next Friday with Jeff Duncan talking about, hopefully still talking about LSU playing in Omaha, and more Saints Talk, all here in Datitude. Thanks for joining us. See you later. Peace and love, my friend. The teacher peers are all for him. He says, what can I do? She says, now don't you worry. This will only last a week or two. It won't be like this for long. One day soon you'll drop her off and she won't. Even know you're gone, this phase is going to fly.